live from Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And this is the best local talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics in Depth from Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. Joining me in studio is former newsy goddess Laura Chavez. Across the desk is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy, Ken Carradine. Directly to my 180, which is ironic as all living hell, he is the former White House advisor, David Mortlock. And in a situation I never thought we'd ever see, we put Alan Moore, former Undersecretary of Commerce for Foreign Investment. Was it Foreign Investment, Alan? International Trade. International Trade. What was one of the two? Uh, last served under four president. Alan, Alan Moore's in the cage. That's awesome. Joining us from New York City, she is a former Clinton advisor. She is Sharma Chari. And joining us from a spa somewhere in Saratoga Springs at an undisclosed location upstate New York, Audrey Harriton. Hey, Audrey. Hello, everybody. Yeah, uh, we, 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 we got to have you on more. It, it's a lot more fun. You bring just a youthful sprightness to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're old as crap, dude. I know. You're old as crap, just to be clear. It's all relative. That's right. Although, although we're not all as old as Alan Moore is. uh, That is true. That is true. That's why we have him in the cage, so he can't hit me now. Yeah. (laughs) He can still flip me off, though. You're not not as old, and I guess that means you couldn't possibly know as much. Uh, Well, that's true. (laughs) Have we met? Have we? You are not laughing at that, Audrey. You can just keep (laughs) sipping your tea. Keep sipping your tea. All right. Uh... In case you don't know it, on Tuesday, there are midterms. What some are calling the most important election in in history, which I think is kind of silly, because everyone's the most important in history. But this one's really, really, really freaking important. So, we're going to do our official pre-midterm forecast. And let's just do this au naturel, round table. (laughs) Oh God! Oh, here we go. Look, <laughs> I was worried for. Look, I mean, first of all, okay, first of all, I, I have to kick this off. I have to kick this off with Alan because we put him in the cage. Alan, you know, we're hearing red wave, we're hearing blue wave, and then we're hearing, oh, it's going to be a blue wave, then a red wave. Is there really a wave? So it's interesting you should talk about wave on the heels of making reference to being au naturel. <laughs> I am fully I clothed. I, I don't even know where that fully goes. clothed in the cage. I, what you guys want to do in the studio is up to you. With, where are you going with this? You're the one who said we're going au naturel. You did and say for that. Some of us that means uh, I've been to France. You I know, know what that means. <laughs> wow. All right, keep going with this. So, so anyway, I just want you to know that I'm not au naturel here. So I don't expect a wave. I think that uh, I, I pay more attention to the Senate just because that's where I spent so much of my life. Um, I think the Republicans maintain their majority. They may pick up a seat. Uh, but if you look at the toss-ups that are out there, uh, and then there's a couple that, that these these gurus refer to as lean, lean Republican or, or lean Democrat, it it is really close. If everything fell the way we thought it would fall a couple of months ago, the Democrats would likely take control of the Senate by a couple of seats. That's all changed, um, and seats that looked like they were going to fall the Democrats' way now are either back to toss-up or lean Republican. One of the one of the cases in point, Ted Cruz, who we've all read about, we've all been told that we're supposed to fall in love with his opponent, Beto, the new wunderkind, who I think is going to lose. Wait, wait, the new wunderkind? Yes, the wonder child. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Um, you're taught you're doing your own natural stuff. I'll do the wunderkind. So, so I don't see him pulling this out. I've met some some Texans recently, including just the other day, who say it it's just too too big a stretch for Beto to to pull it out. He's raised an an incredible amount of money, and just demonstrated once again the power of internet fundraising, which is something that everybody better pay attention to. 
especially if you can get the support of younger millennials who are much more likely to, to go online and send 20 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, and it starts adding up. And in the last quarter, he had raised, I think, 38 million, and we'll have a total of something over 70 million before before we're done. That's just and, ba- on right. Beto's side, and that's more money than Cruz will have. Right. Not that he's hurting for money. Right. And he started out with much higher name recognition and everything else. That's true. Admiral Ken. Took a trip out to Texas a couple of weeks ago and found myself having a cigar in the presence of uh, some uh, Beto O'Rourke staffers. And they will tell you that uh, they know that uh, it's an uphill climb for them. Uh, they know that uh, their their fundraising uh, efforts have not uh, gone unnoticed. Uh, and I will tell you, the, 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 my, my other friends that live in the Dallas uh, Frisco area um, are, 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 are really uh, very proud of the fact that uh, even with all that money from the outside, as they call it, uh, that Cruz is still, uh, still leading. Um, the, the Rourke people uh, are hanging their hat uh, on, on the on, uh, pinning their hopes, that is, on the on the hopes that um, the the millennials, the young college kids, are going to come out and and vote. Now they weren't too happy when I said, well, you know, that doesn't happen a whole lot in um, in previous campaigns that that tried to do that. And and I told them, granted, I'm a I'm a Navy guy. I don't know much about politics. Everything I know, you're Joe, an old Navy guy. I'm, you're I'm, a retired. Well, you know Navy what? Everything guy. I know about politics, All I learned right. from you, Justin, right, which go. means I don't know okay. that much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wow, said, you know, but wow, based, based on what wow. I've seen, that's just not, you know, that's 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 uh, that's one of those things where you are you're building a strategy based on hope. But they they know right. where they are. You're, right. you're, you're way you're way better than that, Ken. You're Thanks. way better. Wow, than that's Alan. the you, you, you know what? Laugh it up, Chuckles. <laughs> Laugh it up. Uh, let's go to our resident millennial in house, Audrey Admiral Ken. Basically, saying that you guys really don't give a crap. Is that true? Uh, a good majority of us don't. That's correct. Okay, why? Um, because they, I don't want to say it's not because people don't understand, because people, the news, everyone's been explaining it to my quote generation, but they just don't see the time. They don't think that it will actually impact them or they're up at school and not in their home district to cast a vote for where it matters. So, if it doesn't affect me in the next four years, why should I care about it today? Is, Lord Thomas, I mean, here's and, and I've said this before on the show, and and I, I think it means it needs bringing out again. This bothers me because every time you know we saw the activism after Parkland, and we saw you know hundreds of thousands of kids all across the nation saying we are the new voting block we are the new power we're going to take it to the ballot and we're going to kick butt and you're not going to know what's going to hit you we saw it in Alabama and i, I mean and now Audrey who who literally sits on a college campus undisclosed college campus literally sits there and tells us millennials just aren't that motivated, activated. What happened? I think you're dealing with... An, I mean, is this short attention span? I think in all honesty, it kind of is. I think it has a lot to do with short attention span and a lack of interesting topics. So right now, one of the Democrats' strongest... Hold on, hold on. One of the Democrats' strongest um, platforms right now is healthcare. Uh, any Democrat that's out there right now, if you watch any political ad ever for a Democrat, it's uh, Republicans are going to take away pre-existing conditions. They're going to take away Medicare. They're going to take away Medicaid. They're going to essentially make you a sick person. That's not interesting. But if you go to New York 24, where Chris Collins is indicted on tax fraud, that's an interesting topic, but that's a very, very, very old um, district. So it's not something that is super interesting to read about. I mean, there's a lot of things to be said about, you know, the uh, the tax breaks and uh, health care and all that stuff. But that's not interesting to talk about. Audrey, what do we have to do to get your generation to take personal responsibility on how they're governed? Oh, man, that's a heck of a question. <laughs> um, We're all counting on you, Audrey. Yeah, that's right. You're the, sa- you're the savior. You're the you savior of the millennials. Um, building off, Laura, what you just first said, a big issue that people in my generation are having is they don't know how to vote. 
they don't know the process or they register and it's super easy. Go to vote.org, vote.com. You can register in under two minutes. That's their tagline and you're registered. And then they have a process where they have to go and physically request an absentee ballot, fill out the absentee ballot, get a stamp, address it, and then send it back. And half of that is too complicated. So we're seeing an influx of (laughs) registration in my generation. Thank you, Taylor Swift and Barack Obama. But the issue is getting those (laughs) registered voters to actually cast a ballot. And that's the biggest issue. And it is a lack of interesting topics. Audrey, I, I cannot Audrey, I cannot tell you when you said thank you, Taylor Swift, the sparkle in David Mortlock's eyes <laughs> just went and, uh, just went radioactive. Guys, guys, that was amazing. Instagram update. Uh, okay. She did vote today. Oh, the picture with her, Phil, and her mother. For Phil Bredesen with her mother. So, you know. What state did she vote in? In Tennessee. 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 Where she's registered. Yeah. Phil Bredesen. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I just knew that she was so, getting qu- people question, out to question vote. Question for Audrey. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Audrey, when you were in high school, did you take a civics course at all? My general civics course, I take senior year in high school. Everyone in my high school takes a senior year. It's divided in half. The first part is government, and the second half is economics. And so the first half you learn about your three branches of government, how the constitution is written, all of these things. And then the second half is looking at the stock market. Both uh, are you, are you serious? Looking at the stock market is your civics class? Yeah. It's, wow. And, that's, and there, there it is. And there it is. There it is. There it is. Right there. Yep. But that's why programs like iCivic um, started by Sandra Day O'Connor uh, is so it's such a great uh, facility and it's such a great opportunity for young people and even getting, it, I think, you can enroll your child as young as six, to be perfectly honest, but I haven't done enough reading on it. Um, but it's a great class. It can be online. It can be in person. But it's one of those things. It's like, hey, teach your kid at a young age that what they do matters. This and that is they how can you're change. governed. Yeah, this is how you're governed. This is kind of how the world works. And that wasn't a, that hasn't been around. So and be- it's not a sexy thing to learn. So about. Being, like, being, being the child of career educators, I can tell in and, and, and the and the sibling of, a, of career educators, I can tell you right now that the level of parental involvement in curriculum uh, um, selection and and support in most of the students in this country right now is abysmal. It just, it's not there. But here's here's the funny thing about it is, because I want to go back to something that that Lord Chavez brought up. Sharmila, you know, here's the funny thing about this, is Laura brought up health care. I was just down in Florida, and... The ironic thing about this, red tide issues, I'll tell you about that later. The, the, um, the ads for Rick Scott, who's running on the Republican ticket for U.S. Senate against Senate, incumbent Senator Bill Nelson, the Democrat, it had, it had, it had Rick Scott saying that I will defend pre-existing conditions and I will force the insurance companies to do pre-existing conditions and he says Bill Nelson won't fight for that which ironically it was Rick Scott and the Republicans that were trying to kill Obamacare which originally gave us they, they still are and they, they still, still are, are. Yeah. they're currently so, involved in a lawsuit so here's the question them. here's the question is Sharmla are we literally dealing with such short attention spans that that is actually working because in florida it is i mean i think you would have to ask a less informed voter i think the most egregious example is ted cruz saying that he's going to protect pre-existing conditions when he held a 21-hour filibuster on the senate floor to repeal the entirety of the affordable care act um but yeah i think you see this i think you've seen this similar um phenomenon on various kind of social issues in the past. I think you saw this with, you know, the the issue of racial segregation and integration kind of back in the days of civil rights where politicians who were vehemently against integration um, suddenly, you know, 10, 15 years later were touting their civil rights records. You you see it, I think, also with um, same-sex marriage where, again, senators who were vehemently against uh, granting equal rights to LGBT Americans are now, you know, 
waving rainbow flags, uh, I think you'll see it with marijuana in 10 to 12 years. So I don't think this is a unique phenomenon that, you know, senators are flip-flopping on on an issue that they realize the majority of society cares about, but they happen to be on the wrong side of the fence, you know, a few years back. Well, well I, all right, different, the go ahead. The different, I mean, you know, Shama, look, I don't think you're wrong, uh, but I just want to add that the difference is here, this is something they are currently fighting against. You know, this is not something like gay marriage where society has moved dramatically and they were on the wrong side of history. Everybody this is, wants... This is, this is something where, where they are actively opposed to uh, requiring coverage of pre-existing conditions, uh, yet in their commercials saying they support coverage of pre-existing conditions. It's, it's unbelievably cynical. Oh, you know what? I, 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 Alan, I can hear Alan just revving up right now. Alan Moore? No, I, I just when somebody says something that's as wrong as what David just said, I feel a need <laughs> to raise my hand. <laughs> go ahead. But, go ahead. So, no, no, go ahead. Alan so, Moore, go ahead. It is definitely true, and, and even what Sharmila said when she was equating the pre-existing uh, condition issue with opposition to Obamacare and his all-night, whatever it was, uh, filibuster, he was trying to stop it from happening. He failed. That was an identifier for him, but he was trying to stop everything. He was trying to, to stop the, the entire proposition. He, it was not aimed at pre-existing conditions per se. The bigger target was the mandate and a variety of other things. They lost. They kept talking. They, the House had vote after vote after vote. They failed. They didn't have an alternative. We, we knew that. We knew they didn't have a, a, an alternative they could all get around. But when they took control of the Senate and the House, they had to proceed to try to kill it, try to come up with an alternative. Everybody loved to talk about how John McCain was the killer of, of, of the notion to kill Obamacare, whereas all he did was stop the process in its tracks because it was not on its way to anywhere. Right. He killed Obamacare light, which was what the Senate was fiddling with. Right. We'll, we'll never know what would have happened had but, he but voted, thing is, how he Alan, voted the other way. Right, but, 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 but just a minute, okay. but back to the back to the point that, that, that David was making. They know they can't kill Obamacare. There's a lawsuit that, that, that some 20 states are involved in. So if you're an attorney general from a state which, that's, which, trying to, to, that's trying to kill that, it's a little hard to say you're not associated with that. But right now in the Congress, in the House and in the Senate, there, there is no active effort underway to kill Obamacare. There is a very, wait, 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 wait. there is a very active effort. There's a very active effort for all Republicans out there to say, I support pre-existing conditions. They may not support an individual mandate. They may not uh, uh, support uh, some of the the requirements that are in the hands. law. This, this is not, jazz hands. This is not jazz hands. You simply can't. It it is. It's one of those weird cases where you can say, I support pre-existing conditions. I'd like to do other changes to Obamacare. Does it add up? No. Thank look, you. Look, it doesn't. Thank you. But 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 it it at least you can't simply say that the that that it's quite as two faced as it was suggested. Oh, okay. Look, the, David the, Moore, problem, the, the, the funny thing. The funny thing <laughs> about living in a transparent democracy is we actually know how people voted in Congress last year, and there were several votes on health care. In fact, there was a Republican-written health care plan that passed the House. And that Republican-written health care plan, passed with only Republican votes, withdrew the requirement that insurance companies cover pre-existing conditions. Uh, what, how many? 49 Republican yeah. senators voted right. for that bill in the Senate. Different, we, different we, bill in the Senate. They are, they are, but, that also withdrew with coverage also, of pre-existing conditions. He does have a point there, Alan. The, 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 the light repeal was, was voted on later. But he does, have, he does have a point there, Alan. So, so the, the late repeal was what, was, was what failed when... Well, when they, they all failed. No, no, no. But that was the, that was, that was the McCain effort. A anyway. It failed. Okay. Republicans are not always total and complete idiots. Sometimes they realize this <laughs> isn't going to happen. But to make it... But what is our plan B? You there, don't think that the, there's a certain hypocrisy in the fact that you have 
Republican senator, Republican Senate candidates and incumbent senators saying, I will fight for your health care. Look, they there was an alternative. It wasn't a great alternative. They couldn't (laughs) they couldn't they couldn't get around Uh, it. They couldn't sort out the details. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I don't even know where to go with this. Anyway, let's let's talk about the before we get into the detailed races, because there are about twenty five races that I want to focus on in the, in the last half hour of the show. Uh, let's look at both sides. Number one, let's look at the Senate first. Uh, if you look at five thirty eight politics, they're saying that there's a only a one in six chance. That the Democrats take over the Senate. Five and six chance it stays Republican. Sharmila, you agree with that assessment? You said a one in ten. A one, a one in, in six. Ten. A one in six chance the Democrats take over the Senate. Five and six it stays red. I think that's probably accurate. Admiral, can you agree? Uh, I agree. What? Why is that? Because, you know... Laura, we, we heard everybody talking about the big blue wave that was going to just be overtake all of Congress. Why? We, we'll talk about the House in a second, but why is that blue wave not effective in the House? So I think it has a little bit to do with the structure of the Senate versus the structure of the House. So the structure of the Senate is every state gets two senators. So you have a much more diluted idea of what the ideals of the state are just based on just based on those two senators. Whereas with the House, you have a much smaller, um, almost more like-minded group of people, even with the gerrymandered districts. So when you look at the Senate, you're looking at an entire state. And yes, while you look at a state like Texas, you've got uh, Houston and Dallas and Austin, which do have a tendency to lean a little bit more um, democratic, but you have all of those surrounding areas where the population, while more spread out, will kind of overtake that of the major pockets. Uh, Illinois is actually the absolute flip where you have one big city and at that point in time... Um, keep going, sorry. keep going. So the, 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 the heavy breathing yeah. that you hear is Alan literally doing jumping jacks inside the engine. Rob, do me a favor. Just keep him at bay. I'll get to him. I see him. I'll no, get- I was trying to bring him to your attention. Why? Because he wanted your attention. Oh. Hi. What does Rob want? Oh, two minutes. Oh, we got two minutes. Yeah. Right. Oh, that, that's a good reason why. That's a really good reason why. Okay. Bottom line, it's a different race because it's a different structure for each spot. We are professionals. We are professionals. Anyway, uh, all right, we're going to talk about that when we come back. Uh, we're going to talk about the House. We'll talk about the Senate breakdown. And we'll go over the top 25. Audrey, I'll get to you. Don't worry about it. Just easy. Easy. I'll get to you. This is Backroom Politics. I know it's hard to believe, but it's still the best political talk show you've never heard of. We'll be back in a minute. We parted, and I was downhearted. Just being friends would never do. And now we're reacquainted, and all the stars seem fresh painted. And here's what I long to say to you. Hello. What a tale you find If I could, I would Be bound forever And I'd never sever me from you You won't believe it's true But I've been missing you I dream of kissing you Let's give it one more chance One more slow dance Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And we're back for the best political radio show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics from Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown. In the studio with me, as always, Laura Chavez, Admiral King Carradine, David Mortlock. In the cage, we have the Honorable Alan Moore. In New York City, Sharma Lachari. And at an undisclosed spa location in upstate New York, Audrey Howerton. Uh, what is that in the background? Yeah, yeah, you might want to. What are you doing back there? Please don't make noise. Please don't make noise. We're on a live radio show. <laughs> okay, let's I talk about housemates. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. You can go to mute. You can do that. Uh, anyway, the um, the uh, midterms are coming up in less than a week. And here's the great thing about it. So we were talking before we went to break about the Senate. It looks like it's going to stay red. The big issue is the House. Now, 538 Politics has this going blue. There's going to be a major shift. They're saying that there's a five and six chance that it will go Democrat, one and six chance, or I'm sorry, six and seven chance it goes Democrat, one and seven chance it stays Republican. David Warlock, that's at least some good news on what should have been a total tsunami of blue. That's well, a little bit of good news for the Well, Dems. look, I, I think let's let's not start writing this, you know, oh, well, it's a split decision if, if, if the Senate goes red and the House goes blue, right? I mean, I think, you know, I think you remember, was it 2014, I want to say? Right. Uh, 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 the Democrats actually uh, kept the Senate, uh, Republicans took the House, and, and Obama described it as a shellacking. Right. The, the reality is, Alan's going to correct me if that was 2010 now, uh, but the, the reality is, is uh, it, it is, you know, look, on the Senate, you're playing on uh, Democratic turf, right? I mean, in, right. It, realistically, Republicans should be picking up two or three seats based on the states where these elections are held, if all else were equal. And so I think, you know, if if, if Democrats can can stem the losses in the Senate or, or, or break even in the Senate, um and and take the house by a meaningful margin. I I think that's a that's a a, a sea change uh, in in our politics over the next two years. Um, you know, look, the, 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 it still makes a lot of difference, right? Republicans keep the Senate; they can keep confirming judges, uh, potentially other Supreme Court justices. You know, that that's obviously something I'm sure they want to maintain. But uh, you know, but but our our politics and our government are going to change dramatically. If there is a Democratic House in January, okay, Alan Moore, you agree? I do. You do. I do. I do. Uh, wow. The, the uh, there will be change in the unlikely event that the Republicans hang on to the House, and it's unlikely. We see those numbers. I don't quarrel with those numbers, but that means that one time in seven, the other outcome occurs. The less likely outcome occurs. There's an outside long shot chance that the House True. could stay Republican. Seems highly unlikely. There's, I a, think there's the, also a highly chance that they could, the Senate could go blue. I think it's more likely that the Senate would go blue. The reason it won't go, you were asking that earlier question, right. is that it comes down to the particular races that are up. There are a half a dozen should have been more vulnerable Democrat senators up in in states that Trump took, they will win a couple of those, what but I, they could have won five or six of those had this president, I think, behaved differently. Right. So he, if they hang on to the Senate, I think you will see him patting himself on the back for saving things, and there may be one or two races that fall to the Republican, that, that go Republican, that people aren't really expecting, the toss-ups, like Florida, for example, if that were to go. Right. But the what, what nobody's going to say is, you know, with all the good news out there vis-a-vis you know, -vis the economy... Republicans blew an opportunity to pick up three, four, five seats right. in the Senate and not lose control of the House, but for the rise of fear and concern 
brought about by recent the, events, the behavior of this president. Yeah, uh, that's a good segue because now I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about the uh, the top twenty five races that are probably the closest, the one that everybody, the ones that everybody are watching. So here's what's going on. So there's a friend of mine who's in political science class, and she was given her midterms, and during her midterms, she was given a sheet, and it's called the election contest. If she fills out this sheet and she beats, the in, the, in, in her predictions or the predictions, beat that of the professor, she does not have to take the final exam. She gets an automatic A on the exam. So, nowhere in the instructions of the professor did it not say that you could not go to the best political talk show you've never heard of and get our insight, and we are going to... She will do the ultimate picking, but we are going to advise and consent. So, and it's a good it's it's my, a good my, topic. My Naval Academy honor concept tells me this is cheating. How is that cheating? I'm just telling you what it tells what, what, me. I've, I've, got, I've got to say, actually, I think I think it's her judgment whether she believes us. Uh, that's true, too. If, if she exercises that bad judgment to trust us, then she deserves the failing grade. That's true. And, and, and Audrey, you know, as producer of the show and the ethical honor guard that you are and the only one in college, is this cheating? It's a correct answer here. It's, it's definitely a loophole. Okay, very good. That's all I need. That's all I need. Very Can Washington. I, in fairness to her and to Ken, it's only cheating if the people you listen to know what they're talking about. <laughs> it's not fine. cheating. It's not she's cheating. Fine, then. That's right. All right, then she's fine. Okay. Uh, Florida. Bill Nelson, uh, Rick Scott. Uh, this is one that should have been a slam dunk for Bill Nelson, Admiral Ken. I'll give you this one on your state. Uh, he, what happened? Rick Scott came out of nowhere. Well, uh, you know, he didn't really come out of nowhere. Was uh, like, no, I'm sorry. B Bill Nelson called it in. Well, again, B uh, Rick Scott didn't really come out of nowhere. I mean, the guy, the guy's done a fabulous job of handling emergencies. Right. Um, you know, he, he's been he, a solid governor. I got, I got, a, I got to thoroughly endorse his choice of headwear when he's having emergencies. The, the Navy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean even though just, the Navy has no involvement, I've, yeah. I've, I've, got quote, Coast I've got to quote my mother. Who, when asking who should you vote for in Florida, she's like, who's the guy that always wears the Navy hat? Yeah, yeah. which, by the way, like, ticks me off. Mom, that's your governor. <laughs> so that started a whole yeah, new conversation. That ticks me off. But, but anyway, but, go on. I, so I don't think he came out of nowhere. And to your point, I think uh, Bill Nelson really think, I think he thought he had this in the bag. So right. it's kind of turned into a contest for him. It is a contest. It's a, definitely a contest. Who do you think wins? I think Nelson wins. Alan Moore? I think Nelson wins. David Mortlock? Ditto, which is a surprise from where it was uh, six months ago. Laura? I think Nelson wins. And if you look at the political buys that they've been making, Nelson's having a huge influx of cash right now. Charmel? And it's all going to go out. I'm going to agree with Laura and say Nelson keeps his seat. Okay, so, uh, hey, uh, Audrey, I want you to take notes on this. Okay. Okay, I'll... thank you. So, take notes. And for Florida, we're going uh, Nelson. Let's look in Arkansas. Uh, I'm sorry, Arizona. I'm sorry, Arizona. Uh, the Democrat Sienna versus the Republican McSally. David Mortlock, Sienna. I, I thought Sienna had a really good shot. And, the, and, and it's going to be cinema. It's going to be cinema. But like, frankly, I, it should not be this close. She should be running away with it. You think Sienna? Should, you think this should be a runaway for Sienna? Uh, yeah, for the Democrats. Yeah. Really? Yeah, in Arizona, it well, should be. You're kidding. Well, McSally's not that strong a candidate. She's, you know, she's a veteran. She's very extreme. She's, what do you mean she's extreme? She's a veteran. She's exactly what Arizonans love. I, I'm, I'm just, I, you know, look, I'm just saying, I'm surprised on this okay. one. I'm, I'm surprised Bill Nelson's doing as well as he is in Florida, but I think on Arizona, I think it's going to go blue. But uh, I'm surprised it's this close. Wow, Admiral Ken McSally really kind of stepped on it last week. How? And, well, when when she said, "Let's talk about something really important. Let's talk about the caravan." Okay, so oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was that was just dumb. Okay, and and, uh, and I I think you know even even though you, everything you but said, it, but it every, is every, a topic. Every, it is a topic in Arizona. Yeah, it, well, you know what? It's it's a specious argument. It's okay. The thing's twelve hundred miles away, moving at five miles an hour. Really, give me a break. Yeah. So so so, so you I think, think Senate's going to pull this? Well, up. I think she is. But you know, but everything you said about McSally is absolutely right. She's a vet. Uh, she's, you know, she's, right. she's, she's, she's been, she's combat experience. So, she should be running away with this. She, she really should. Lauren, Ch Lauren Chavez, who do you think? I actually think McSally might pull this out. I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, McSally. I think McSally's going to do it. Sharmila? Oh, no, I think Cinema is going to win. Wow. Alan Moore, you're the tiebreaker. Uh, McSally. 
Uh, actually, that ties it. That actually ties it. And let me just say that with with regard to the the caravan, the caravan, of course, is just is just a code, it's a red herring. A, a, a code word for the, the larger immigration issue, which along that southern border is a major, massive issue right. that we don't even begin to comprehend. Which, which, by the way, I do. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> it's which, also catnip for the Trump base. Of so course I it mean, is. Of course it is. I'm not saying otherwise, yeah. but if you go hang around, and you've probably been down there a lot more than I have, but I've but right. I've been talking to people along those border states. We got a lot more. We haven't even gotten through the Senate. Powerful yet. feelings. We haven't gotten through mm-hmm. the Senate yet. Indiana, uh, the Democrat Donnelly versus uh, Brown. Alan Moore. Uh, I think that uh, we say goodbye to Donnelly. Really? You yeah. think the Republican Braun takes it? Yep. Wow, all in agreement. Okay, that's uh, yeah. Braun. I, 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 I think Donnelly pulls it out, but I'll be You are right high. Already. You are high. I know, I know marijuana is legal in D.C. You are high. <laughs> okay, let's go to Missouri. This one, this one is interesting. The incumbent Claire McCaskill versus Holly the Republican. Alan Moore, I want to start with you on this one. I think that uh, McCaskill's time has run out. She did a she pulled a brilliant maneuver six years ago to help herself to get to get a dream opponent who was a bigger idiot than she thought, and she was able to win. Holly, young, attractive, smart Attorney General. I think that uh, her days are done. I think McC- Holly pulls this one out. Sharon, I mean, this was. I mean, by any account. This was Claire's to lose. How did she lose it? I mean, she hasn't lost it yet. But I think, you know, there were a lot of early reports about, you know, a lot of the GOP infrastructure being disappointed in Holly, that he was a lackluster candidate. And, you know, with the recent polling numbers, I think that perhaps she underestimated the challenge that she would face, um, thinking that perhaps right. he wasn't falling on this race. But, um, you know, hopefully she can still pull it out at the last minute. But right. It's going to be the toughest race of her are, career. So, far, are we, so we're all in agreement. Hallie wins this, I take it. Oh, go ahead, yeah, David. Oh, I'm going to say McCaskill pulls you, down. Oh, you're just doing oh, you, <laughs> You're quite you are, the political are, Pollyanna right now. Wow, I you know, are. I know. You're just falling right on your sword. I just, okay. The, the last show made me, I, I've got to gotta be a little more upbeat on this one. You're, oh, God, you are um, so high. No. Okay. <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to Montana. The incumbent John Tester and the Republican Rosendale. Uh, John Tester, long time... Democrat, very, very popular, but he's got a race on his hands. Laura, how does this come out? I think Tester pulls this out. I think he is going to retain, but it's going to be exceptionally close. It, this is, I mean, this is bloody. Yeah, I mean, this there's a hurt. lot of blood money going on. This, this one's going to hurt, and it's actually going to divide the state a little bit more. Right. And thankfully, he's got six years then. So. Admiral, can you agree? Tester. Alan? Tester. Tester? Tester, yeah. Tester. Tester, Tester, all the way around. John Tester, I agree. I think John Tester's going to win. Although, I will tell you, we have not seen the last of Rosendale. Just saying that. Uh, Let's look at Nevada. Rosen versus Heller. Go ahead, call it out. Uh, Go ahead, call it uh, David Mortlock. Uh, This is where my optimism runs out. Uh, Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just sad like fake it and like, come on. I mean, look, I I think it's ridiculous that it's even close. I mean, how has Heller managed to hang on given his flip-flopping on on healthcare, given his rejection of Trump and then his embrace of Trump? He just can't make up his mind. Um, It's uh, was it just that Rosen was that bad? I, I, you know, frankly, I, I is I Rosen just that no, bad I, of a candidate? I, no, I don't think that's it. I think, uh, uh, I think, I think, frankly, Hull has been a good campaigner in Nevada, um, and I think he has sort of managed to save himself. But you know, I'm surprised and obviously a little bit disappointed. Alan, I mean, I mean, Heller Heller's done a good job there in Nevada, but I mean. Does he really have his finger on the pulse that much to make it? Th- I mean, this this should have been a a, a blue wave. It, it's uh, it's a reminder that all politics uh, really are local, wow. and that that it all depends on who the candidates are. And if you've got a lukewarm candidate in a challenging <laughs> state like Nevada, you hope for a uh, even 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 right. less warm uh, opponent. I think Heller pulls this one out. Uh, North Dakota, High Camp, Kramer. This is remarkable. Uh, 
Laura Chavez, <clears throat> you would think that Heitkamp would have, I mean, this again, this was hers to lose, and she managed to pull a 38 out of her purse and shoot herself in the foot, not just once, but twice. And the, and the, and the death nail in this was the, the women's letter from the Kavanaugh hearings. I mean, that really, I mean, her brother was on MSNBC today, who's a radio host in, in uh, Fargo, I think, or somewhere out there in, the, in, in North Dakota. And he was saying, oh, no, the polls are closer than they think. The polls are nowhere near close. She's lost this. Would you agree? Yeah, she's lost this. Warlock? I mean, uh, yes, she's. I, I'm. I think she is going to lose. Uh, but I disagree with you that this was hers to lose, right? I mean, North Dakota is an incredibly conservative state. You know, what did Trump win it by? Uh, certainly double digits. But high camp. I mean, um, high camp has been an establishment out there, though. Sure, but you know, incumbency isn't what it used to be. Okay. Uh, and you know, look, yeah, she had a couple of missteps, but I think she would have couple. been in the same place regardless. And you know, Kavanaugh, uh, you know, prince, principle says a lot. So let's uh, let's okay. not let's not. We we got to keep going through this, guys. We got to move forward. But we're all in agreement. I uh, this goes to Kramer. Kramer. You, are you getting all this, by the way, Audrey? She's nodding her head yes, like we can see her. Okay, we're a radio show. You should say yes. Well, you told me you could see me, but yes, I am tracking it's it. It's a radio show. No, nobody it's else out in Radio Land can see you. It's also a podcast. We can just listen to it later and write it down. That's true. Oh, that's true, too. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's, that's, that's true. Uh, Texas, this, this one's going to divide the room. I'm going to give you, this is your state, uh, Admiral Ken, Ted Cruz. My heart says O'Rourke, but my head says Cruz. Okay, that does me absolutely no good. I think it's Cruz. Okay, you agree, David? You, you, I mean, David Warlock, you're giving me that look of I don't make me say it. Don't I'm, make me say it. I'm going to say Beto, but because a oh. a the alternative is unthinkable, <laughs> and b if 2016 taught me anything, I should get my hopes up as high as possible. So I'm I'm crushed the next day. <laughs> Alan Ward, are you gonna are you gonna pig pile on David Warlock? Yeah, I think Cruz pulls this one out. And um, I, I think Laura, you agree? I'm actually gonna say O'Rourke because my heart really? really wants it. Yeah, I, wow. I just I spent a lot of time in Texas. America, loves, America loves an underdog, and this guy's the perfect underdog. Oh, this geez. guy has echoes of Obama oh 2007, 2008. No, he has the early echoes of it. Come on, he's great with motivating the base. He's great with motivating his base. He's got a lot of millennials kind of falling all over him. He appeals to minorities. He's so like he's got. All the check marks yeah. come, come of on, all Wait, like hold on, classic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's inspired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If come you on. look at if you look at the back pages of my notebook, it's nothing but Mrs. O'Rourke. Squiggly <laughs> <laughs> letters. Okay, so we got to move on. He we needs saw... to he needs to find a new state to <laughs> run from, right? He does. He does. He's I'll welcome in Chicago. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay, so uh, we'll get so or, or uh, Cruz pulls this out. Cruz is going to win. Uh, West Virginia. Joe Manchin and the Republican Morrissey. This, I, I got to tell you something. I think, uh, I, I love Joe Manchin. I think Joe Manchin is probably one of the most practical, bipartisan members of the Senate. I have to have faith that he wins. I mean, they, they do love him. They do love him in West Virginia. I just don't know if Trump is powerful enough to unseat Manchin. Alan Moore? No, he's not. Uh, Manchin wins. Are we all in agreement Manchin wins this one? Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. And, th and this is the perfect example of what Alan was saying earlier, is it, it is surprising that there aren't more Democratic seats in play on the Senate side. Okay. Uh, let's look at the House side. Let's look just, at the- Just before- yeah, Go, go don't, ahead. Don't forget Tennessee. We, uh, well, yeah, we forgot- And don't it. forget New Jersey. Okay, let's talk about New Jersey. Let's talk. I'm going to go to the Democrats first because I know the Republicans are just frothing at the mouth over this. Uh, Sharmila, that's your home state. Bob, well, yeah, your parents live there. You've lived there. Many. You still have a New Jersey driver's license. Yes, it is. Okay, so this being so that's why I'm going to you first. So, does does I mean? Menendez, Bob Menendez has done a great job for New Jersey, but it's almost like he's been to New Jersey for New Jersey. 
Does Bob Menendez lose? What, what do you give me that look for? <laughs> You know he's got he's had ethics troubles. He he avoided and he avoided uh, being convicted of charges. Um, he is innocent. Far. What's that? So far. So far. But he is. But he is still likable. But is he likable enough to offset the ethics issues? Yeah, I think that just the general demographic of the of the state, Bob Menendez will keep his seat. I wish, for the sake of the people of New Jersey, we had a better candidate, um, someone that we could really have more faith in. Um, but you know, I think he will pull it out by a smaller margin than you know a different Democrat could have, or if he had a less compelling Republican opponent. The Republicans did a good job in selecting Bob Hugan, um, but at, at the end of the day, he'll pull it out. Alan Moore. I I wish that I didn't feel this way because I've never been a fan of his. We spent a lot of time talking about him, but I think he pulls this out. I agree. Menendez. I I think everybody agrees that Menendez pulls this out. Okay. But that's not one of the ones on the list, but we agree. Uh, Oh, that's on the list. Oh, it is. That's a toss-up. That is a toss-up. You're right. It's not not on my list, but it it is on the list. And then we got Tennessee. Yeah. the last one. Uh, Lord Javis, who do you think pulls out Tennessee? No, no, no. You know what? No, no, I'm sorry, Laura. Let's go to David Mortlock because we're talking about her. We're talking about (gasps) Taylor Swift. The back of David's notebook just says Mr. Swift. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mr. Swift. That's right. So, so let's talk about this. Who pulls out Tennessee? Does does Taylor Swift have enough gravitas? To win that Senate seat. So I know the numbers are against him, but I'm going to say my former governor from when I lived in Nashville, Phil Bredesen. Wow. Yeah, I think he's going to do it. He's he's the he's just the type he's just the type of person that Tennessee needs and wants. Middle of the road, pragmatist, sensible, popular former governor. Has Taylor Swift? What more could you want? You are only saying that because Taylor Swift is like behind him like 110%. (laughs) That is the only reason why. doesn't hurt. Oh, jeez. Do you agree with this, Laura Chavez? I do, because I think uh, while Nashville is a very democratic state, or very democratic city, I think there are pockets like Knoxville and Memphis um, that are also turning way blue at this point. Right. So I think he's going to have enough pull that he actually does pull this one off. Wow. Uh, if oh, Charmla, Charmla? all the universities that are in Tennessee and how those students who will most likely change their registration to their university addresses are going to be a compelling but, 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 Yeah, but here's the thing, Sharma. I mean, if we go off of what, what Audrey was saying, they don't care. Uh, there's a difference between, this sounds awful to say, there's a difference between <laughs> college-educated students and millennials and other millennials. I think that, you know, wow. uni- like university educated students and especially at this time of year, like having been a university student not too unrecently, there is a full court press on universities to get you out and voting. Wow. So you, you, campaigns know that and they they take good advantage of it. Audrey? I, I will echo that. There's a huge GOTV effort on college campuses. At least on my school, they have registration drives from the first week that classes start. So you do see at least 40% of a college campus voting, right. if Al- not more. Alan Moore? I like Phil Bredesen as a person. I worked with him pretty closely and some right. of the senior people when I was working for Bill Frist right. in, uh, in the early part of, of the century. But I think Marshall Blackburn pulls this one out. Admiral Ken? If Knoxville and Memphis show up, I think Bredesen's got a shot. I got to tell you something. I, 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 I can't believe I'm going to say this. I honestly believe that there could be a Taylor Swift effect. I think Bredesen pulls this out. I, I mean, literally, if there's any reason why you get the biggest name in entertainment out there, yeah, I, I, I think Bredesen pulls it out. All right, let's go to the house races real quick. Uh, we're going to run down these real quick. If you want, we're going to call them out. I'm going to go around the table. If there is one you want to pick out to talk about, let me know. California 10, Harder, uh, Democrat Harder versus Republican Denim. Go ahead. Mm, I'm gonna say. I mean, there are a lot of seats in California that are gonna go Democratic. I think. I think that one is this one of them. One's, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that one's gonna go blue. You think Denim loses the incumbent? Yes. yes. Wow. I think. I think. You know, there's a whole bunch of others. There's, Quickly there's, around the table. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with David on that one. Really? Yeah. I think Harder takes it. Alan, toss up. 
No, 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 that doesn't help the project. I'll take harder. Fine. You're taking the Democrat. Okay, yeah. I, and I take it, Charmley, you're going with harder? Sure. <laughs> I love your commitment. I, I, thank you Thank you for your commitment to the civics lesson. Okay, uh, the winner's harder. Okay. Uh, this one. This one's personal for me, because, and I'm going to stay out of it, because I have a personal connection to the incumbent. This one's Florida 26. It's um, Eusebio Powell versus Curbello. Carbello. Okay. Alan? Carbello. You got to speak in the mic. Carbello. It's a clean sweep, Carbello. Okay. You agree, Charmela? Yeah, I agree. Okay. I, good, because I was going to say it's my friend Carlos. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Iowa, the Iowa 3rd District. Uh, Axon versus Young. Ooh. Young. You think Young? Yeah. The Republican takes yeah. it. Yeah, I do. Really? I, do. I was I Alan? was hard. I was hard. I yeah. think Young goes down. Really? Uh-huh. You guys, you we're in bizarre world. Okay. <laughs> what, I just did what? that because I wanted well, to be on the opposite. <laughs> it's so rare. It was so rare that he picked a, re- a Republican. I thought, I don't care who it is. I'm picking the Democrat. Democrat. Damn it. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Uh, go ahead. Young goes down. Yeah. What? Yeah. Really? Laura? Young. Young takes it. Why? The Republicans have no faith in their guy. Amazing. I was a weird place, man. I no, mean, it's, I, it's I think just, Young takes it. No, it's I, just a bizarre place. I, I got former in-laws. No, no, no. no he it's just no, a no. weird place. Okay. <laughs> Since when are we talking about faith? I thought we were trying to guess at what we thought was going to happen, except for David, who believes that every Democrat will win. <laughs> okay. Well, except for this. Except, except, except for he young. young. I said except Dean, young. I said Dean right, Heller. So young. I said Dean Heller. Okay. So Young, and you did say Heller. That's true. Uh, so Young is the choice. Uh, Illinois six. This is Cashin versus Roskin. Mortlock. Pause. Really? <laughs> Alan Moore. Roskin. Really? I don't know. <laughs> really? Nobody has any. This is. It's going to be Roskin. Don't say really, because some of us are not not that deep in this. Deep in okay. some of these I'm going to give. I'm going to give uh, Chavez my uh, proxy on this one. Is the local Illinois. Yeah, okay. I think Roscom's going to pull that one. All right, Roscom, it is. Charmla, you're nodding your head. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Roscom. Okay, there we go. Uh, Illinois twelve. Kelly versus Bossy. Incumbent. It's um, Illinois. I mean, it's Illinois. Yeah, but I think this is actually a really this is a true toss up of a space. So I'm going to say Kelly just because I would prefer that to be the outcome. <laughs> okay. But it's, in all honesty, like that one's going to possibly I, be like down to the wire. That one, Every precinct you have is no gonna, clue. No clue. You have no clue. No clue. Okay. It's just voting with the heart Boston. right now. Laura, it's gonna don't, go. don't join David's club. Don't join Boston. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be Boston. It's, it's the incumbent. I mean, I, I don't see an incumbent losing in Illinois. I don't see it. I think it's Boston. Uh,. Main second. Paula Quinn, the incumbent, Golden. Anyone do you want to take a swipe at this one? Yeah. Really? No? I don't know a lot about Maine. Uh, it's going to be Paula Quinn. It's cold. I, I'm, it's, yeah, it's cold. Right. I want to say it's Paula Who Paul has a better it, jacket? It's, <laughs> who loves L.L. Bean more? It's, it's um, Paula Quinn. It's opposite of where I live now. Alan, you want to take a swipe <laughs> at this one? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. I do not. It's Paul. Okay. We'll go with Paula Quinn on that one. Uh, Michigan 8. This one has some legs to it. Slotkin versus Bishop. Oh. Oh, yeah. I saw you cringe at this one. Absolutely, Alyssa. You think so? Absolutely. Alyssa, is, is, she's a great now. Uh, she's a friend, former colleague, right? Uh, but she is fantastic. She's been a career civil what? servant. She's done three tours as as a CIA, B- uh, a CIA in Iraq. She's she's fantastic. She's exactly Bishop what Michigan has, needs. Bishop has a lot of love in that district, though. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, but you but still incumbent, think incumbency isn't what it used to be? So I'm going to say you, Bishop. Sorry, Al- Alan I'm going to say Slotkin. Slotkin. A- Alan Moore. I'm going to stay with Bishop. Al- uh, Admiral Ken. You can't pass. I don't know. Unlike unlike a lot of people that go, you know, we brought I'll admit, you on I, here. You know what I? You know what I am not all knowing and seeing like you, Justin. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't say I was all knowing and seeing. I pulled this out of my rear end as much as anybody else on this show. Ken, if we had to know, the image of we that is just show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if we if we knew what we were doing, we'd be on Meet the Press. Um, so you like that? <laughs> Oh, Laura, come on. You know you love us. <laughs> Laura, you want to pick this one? You want to pick this one? Uh, I'm really hopeful for Slotkin. I feel like she has a really strong support in the veteran community, and I know that's big in Michigan. Charmela? 
I agree with David and Laura. I want Slotkin to win. <laughs> wow. Here's the thing is, and, and Laura hit it on the head. I think the veteran, I think the veteran, the veteran, the Iraqi veteran and the CIA connection, I think beats Bishop. I think it's Slotkin. I, uh, North Carolina 13, Manning versus Bud. Anyone want to take a shot at this one? Alan? I'll, I'll 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 shoot into the air on that one. Bud, are we are we are we all? I mean, this is incumbent. I go with, Bud, I go with Republican. Yeah. All right, Bud's a winner on that one. Uh, let's go to New Jersey third. Okay, now I I'm not I'm going to go to you last. Just stop <laughs> laughing. I want it for full disclosure because we're about transparency. David Mortlock is an active supporter and has been actively campaigning for Kim in New Jersey three. So I'm already going to. I already know where your vote's going. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't even want you to even have the thought of conflict of interest. I'm, I'm going to be at the Mount Laurel Westin uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> help me help you. Help me help you. Jesus, uh, Sharma, it's your state. How do you how do you think this is going to go? And, and don't be influenced by Mortlock. Well, um, I think this, I'll combine my answer for New Jersey 3rd and New Jersey 7th in one and say that I think that the anti-Trump sentiment is high in New Jersey, both um, Leonard Lance, who's my congressman, uh, who I voted against, and um, Andy Kim's opponent, MacArthur, uh, are going to suffer for the for the fact of the R next to their name. So really? I see... I see both races going going D. Wow. So you're saying that Kim and Molinowski both win. Yep. All right, let's take the let's do a New Jersey slate here. Uh Alan Moore, do you agree? I I want to disagree and disassociate with David's views, but I want to agree with Sharmal all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral Ken? Kim. Okay, you want to go? You want to go with Molinkowski? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. I, I think New Jersey's going all yeah, blue. Uh, yeah, I, so. I, yeah. There's just no. Yeah. So, so the New Jersey races think, are going so all I blue. Think between Christie and Trump, I think they're done. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. And I'll be in New Jersey seven on Monday. So Tom is also a friend. So At any point, Tom if you want to stop shilling, just I'm let just me saying know. he stood up to dictators. Okay. He can stand it. up for the people of New Jersey. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> go Tom. Go. <laughs> okay. That's enough. Uh, let's go to uh, New York 19. This is uh, Delgano versus Faso. Alan Moore. Oh, wait a minute. Charmel kind of perked up on that one. Yeah, The finally. former rap star versus the incumbent. Um, there is The progressives in New York are out in full force for Antonio Delgado. Believe me, they're throwing all their energies, not just money, but really their their feet, their sweat equity behind Delgado, knocking on doors, turning out voters. Um, I think that he has a really strong chance to pull it out. So, Alan Moore, uh, the this has been a really purple area of New York. Uh, Delgado's had that seat for, uh, for a little bit. I know. I'm sorry, Faso's had that seat for a little bit. He's well liked there, but. It, Charlotte brings up that there is a lot of Democratic insurgency going there in upstate, in middle upstate New York. We're talking Dutchess County, Poughkeepsie, up in that area. He could pull this off. I mean, the, the toss-up races in New York are just likely to fall Democrat. They just are. It's just. The, are you picking Delgado on this one? Yep. Another thing I forgot to mention, Justin, is that a lot of New York City liberals have their vacation homes in Dutchess County, and have been switching their registration to up there. To vote for Delgado. To vote for Delgado. Good God. Okay. It's good to see that carpet bagging is alive and well is in upstate New York. Is that voter fraud? No, because technically they can. They, it's still New York tax base. They don't care. They don't care. Uh, Laura, you agree? Delgado? Sure. Delgado all the way around. Delgado wins. Yep. I agree. Okay. Uh, Pennsylvania won. This is an interesting one. You have the Democrat Wallace against the incumbent Fitzpatrick. It's a purple district. Could go either way. Alan Wong, I'll let you take the first swipe at this one. So uh, it's it's the same way I feel about these New York races, that that uh, in, in the leftover of the blue wave, the Republican loses and the Democrat wins. Really? So you, you're giving this one to Wallace? Yep. You agree with this one, David? Uh, 
Because I mean, and that's a and that's a weird part of the state because of the fact that that's Trump territory. Yeah. Trump won this district plus I think it was six or seven. Yeah, I think that's what makes it hard. I mean, you know, I, I listeners could not hear me grimace when you asked me the question, but I, I think that's what makes it hard, right? But but this is you know this is the classic type of of seat that if there's a you know if there's a six maybe seven point swing towards Democrats, you know we we lose out on it. Uh, but if there's eight, nine, we suddenly breach that wall and we're gaining 50, 60 seats. Laura, Laura Chavez? I think in purple districts, I'm going to agree with Alan that it's probably just going to fall blue every time at this point in, at this point in time. Um, so the winner's the, Wallace. The, the, yeah, the winner's Wallace. Oh, okay, I'll agree. With, all right, winner's Wallace. Uh, this, is a, this is an interesting one. Texas 32, the Democrat all read the incumbent Republican sessions. Hmm. Yeah, I think Sessions loses this one. I, I, I'm not so sure. Admiral Ken. Yeah, uh, I, I say Sessions loses. Really? Yeah. You're giving this to Oren. Yeah. You know. So again, you know, it's a. So there's different pockets of Texas. I mean, you just can't paint it all red. I mean, but, I mean, it's just or all blue. It's just, it's just weird. It's just a, it's. And these are these are bizarre times. I mean, Alan Moore, would you consider Texas thirty two a a purple district? <laughs> I appreciate the the embrace of my knowledge by the fact that you asked me that question. I don't have a clue. Okay, but I'm going to pick Sessions. You are. Okay. Uh I'm I'm going to pick Sessions, but the consensus is all red. We're picking all red. Uh final one. Uh Virginia seven. Spanberger, Brat. Oh. oh, yeah. Everybody kind of wins at this one. And, and and we're gonna follow this up with the other Virginia race. Uh Barbara Comstock's race is also uh gonna be an ugly one. Let, let's start off let's start off with this one because it's the last one on the list. Uh Virginia said who gets does does Brat lose? Alan David Moore. David going down. Okay, Alan Moore. I think Brat loses. He David. never really, you know, he 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 had his moment, his twenty minutes, and I think that it's over. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's, he, I mean, he never really, he he never really bought into the fact that he always had this look of, holy crap, I'm a congressman. <laughs> I mean, uh, we we all looked at him that way. Every time I see him, it was just like, oh my god, I'm a congressman. I used to be teaching at a college. So yeah. I, 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 I agree with I agree with Alan. Abigail yeah, Spanberg right. is an exciting candidate. She's she's running great campaign. Yeah, and and again, CIA veteran. You know, she's kind of a badass. I will say that yeah. I do like her. Uh, yeah, I think David Brett goes down. I agree. Uh, does Barbara Comstock keep her seat? Alan Moore. Nope. I really? Think, I think she's a really good congressman, but she's just from the absolute wrong district, and uh, it's blue, blue, blue. Has, I mean, because has, Barbara Comstock won pretty solid two years ago in a Trump wave. Is it the fact well, that she it was? It wasn't a Trump wave in Virginia. She went against the. <laughs> she she went against uh, uh, the the result the presidential result. I think now with with the actual wave that that has occurred since then that she's done. You agree with that, David yeah, Warlock? I mean, look what happened in Virginia a year ago. We've got evidence of where Virginia is headed. That's right. true. And the other thing, if Democrats cannot win that seat, this whole enterprise is is pretty pointless. Wow, so. we, we have blown through this. Okay. Uh, Okay, so uh, Audrey Harrington, before we go. Here we go. Everybody, pull out your pocket constitutions, brush them off, because we're talking about the 14th Amendment next week. Okay. It's a plug. <laughs> I, I have some thoughts. We'll okay. We uh, all right, Audrey. I promise you, we will talk about for what for those who are in Sharma. We will we will talk about the fact that the president now is talking about taking away birthright citizenship, which is a complete violation of the Fourteenth Amendment. He came out today and said, "Oh, he can do it by executive order." You know what? For a party that believes that they're constitutionalists, you might want to look at the Constitution. You can't do that. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Audrey, make that number one topic. Oh, okay. it is. That, by the way, we. What do you, you're you're saying? No. Do we have time? Right now? No, we don't have time right now. We got to no. We got to blow. Thought, we got to yeah. blow out of here. I said, okay. I did that. I got to pay for this anyway. <laughs> uh, first of all, Rob, thank you very much. In the cage, you had to put up with uh, Alan Moore. Alan Moore in the cage. Thank you, Sharmila, Audrey. Thank you guys up there in New York. Here in studio, David Mortlock, Admiral Ken. We got 
Laura Chavez, who I want to see you more here. I feel like I've been here the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, you have. Yeah. That's why we like you so much. Man. And I'm your host, Monterey, Justin Russell. You Next week, by the way, we're going to be on Wednesday. We're going to do and pick how we did this week. We'll be on for post-midterm. And you can follow us on Twitter, at Backroom Politic. You can follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Backroom Politics Radio. Uh, thanks to Oscar and Charlie here at Podcast Village. We'll see you next week. Go out and vote America. Bye-bye. <laughs>